Welcome to How I Work, a show about the tactics used by leading innovators to get so much out of their day. I'm your host, Dr. Amantha Imber. I'm an organizational psychologist, the founder of innovation consultancy Inventium, and I'm obsessed with ways to optimize my workday. In today's mini episode, I want to talk about sleep. But before I get into that, I have a couple of other short things to cover. So first off, I feel like a lot of podcasts do live events these days, and this is something that I've been wanting to do for a while. So stay tuned for that over the coming months. That is definitely going to happen. But right now, a way that you can experience how I work and myself live, if you haven't, and if that's something you feel inclined to do, is that we're going to be launching our Workday Reinvention Program, which is a program that I've been working on at Inventium and that we've been pilot testing with some of our clients. So it's basically a six-week program to reinvent the way that you work. So the program contains a whole bunch of science-backed ways to have a more productive, fulfilling and happier work life. And so far, we've got some amazing results. So not only have we increased people's productivity by around 14%, which is nearly one day per week worth of extra time, but we've also increased people's engagement, their energy, their job satisfaction and even general well-being at work by up to 18%. And that's just within six weeks. So it's an awesome program, if I do say so myself. And it's something that I've been working on personally for a while. And it's going to be launching in June in Melbourne and Sydney as a program that individuals like you, a listener of the podcast, can sign up for. So if you are a listener of the show, go to bit.ly, so bit.ly forward slash how I work Sydney or forward slash how I work Melbourne, depending on whether Melbourne or Sydney works for you. Um, And obviously we've got lots of international listeners, so sorry, um, but uh, we'll um, see if we can record some of it maybe. And listeners of How I Work can get a 20% discount on the cost of the program. So just enter the code HOWIWORK, that's one word, How I Work at checkout and get that discount. So I will link to all that in the show notes to make it super easy to book. So if you are a How I Work listener and do book yourself in, please come up and introduce yourself because it would be lovely meeting you in person. So I'll link to the event details and discount codes in the show notes. And if you do want to come along, book now because I think that they're both going to sell out quite quickly. Now, on a completely different note, I also want to do a little shout out to all the wonderful people that have been leaving reviews. Um, And I want to read out a couple just as my way of saying thank you. So there was this really nice one from Susie87. And she said, I've changed so many small things that have given me amazing results, all based on ideas from this podcast. Loving it. Well, thank you, Susie. I'm loving your review. Thank you. I'm so glad that it's made a difference. And this other one I wanted to read out was a delightful one from Hayley Potts. Thank you, Hayley, she says, I love your podcast. It's a way to reflect on my own work habits to see how I can level up my performance to ensure I remain focused on doing meaningful work of value. I love the way Amantha asks the questions we're all dying to ask of the super successful people. But what exactly does it look like? And not letting them get away with sweeping pronouncements that ignore the reality of kids, offices, travel and life. Great work. Keep it up. Thank you so much, Hayley. That's such a lovely review. And it's awesome to hear that I'm asking the questions that you're keen to hear the answers to. So if you haven't left a review, but you're enjoying how I work, 
why not leave a review? It is hugely appreciated and it actually helps other people find the podcast as well. Um, And maybe I'll read out your review in a future episode um, if that's something that is of interest. So let's get on with today's show. Today's mini episode is about sleep. And I have been obsessed with sleep hygiene, which is a fancy way of saying great sleep habits for a long time. So in my 20s, I had pretty bad insomnia where firstly I had trouble getting to sleep and then I also had trouble staying asleep and I would wake many times during the night and then come morning, I never woke up feeling refreshed. And then one day I realized that this was actually not normal. It was not normal to wake up in the morning not feeling refreshed. So as a result, I then had several overnight sleep tests in sleep labs, which if you haven't done this before, you basically go to a hospital, you sleep in a hospital bed and you're hooked up to about 30 different cords all stuck to your body um, to understand what is going on in your body and your brain. It's, uh, it's not fun and I don't know how anyone even gets any sleep at these sleep labs, but anyway. Um, so it turned out there wasn't anything wrong per se. I simply had bad sleep hygiene and that was causing my insomnia. So as a result, I've learned a lot about how to have a good night's sleep and now I am a terrific sleeper. So I only take a few minutes now to get to sleep and I managed to mostly sleep through the whole night. And you know what? In fact, I was so obsessed with sleep that when my daughter Frankie was born five years ago, I enrolled her in sleep school. This is a thing, sleep school to help your baby sleep better when she was three months old. And from that point on, Frankie has also been a world-class sleeper. And uh, if you are a, a mum of or a dad of a small little person, I even blogged about my sleep school experience at notanothermumblog.com, which I'll link to in the show notes if you happen to be going through this delightful sleep-deprived stage of life. So today, though, I want to give you three tips that are perhaps less talked about when it comes to getting a good night's sleep, because I think that we all know that we need to stay off our mobile phones and things like that before bed. But here are three things that I think are really helpful and that have served me incredibly well over the years. So the first thing, wake up at the same time every day. Now, most people don't do this. What most people do is that they will wake up early on weekdays because of their work schedule and then have a little sleep in, even if it's just a one hour sleep in, maybe it's a two hour sleep in on weekends. Now, if you can relate to that, you are essentially creating jet lag for yourself every Monday morning. And we know how horrible jet lag is because you're essentially resetting your biological clock every Monday if you're sleeping in on the weekends. So sleep experts refer to this as social jet lag, where your wake up time is different on workdays versus weekends because of the demands of your job. So the biggest thing that you can do, and this is something that I'm super strict on with myself, is that you need to wake up at the same time every morning. So for me, my alarm set for 5.30 a.m. every day. I normally wake up a little bit before it anyway, because I am a lark. I'm a morning person naturally, Um, but I wake up at the same time every single day, even on Saturdays and Sundays. Uh, And funnily enough, most of my podcast interviews, uh, which uh, a lot of them happen to be on the East Coast of America, I do them at 6 a.m. in the morning, uh, which actually works out fine for me. And that's 4 p.m. in New York. So I'm up with the birds or actually in the winter, I'm up a little bit before the birds waking up. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, I don't want to wake up so early on the weekend. That is my time to sleep in. 
And to that, I say, you're actually putting your health at risk. So research into daylight savings, which is this great data point where everybody uh, that has daylight savings in their country loses an hour of sleep on this one night of the year, which is, if you think about it, essentially what's happening if you're waking up earlier on Monday compared to Saturday and Sunday. On that day, heart attacks increase by 24%. That's right, 24%. And the opposite effect happens when we gain an hour on the other side of daylight savings time. Heart attacks go down by 24%. So this tip has big implications for your health as well as not feeling jet lagged on Monday. My second tip is to track your sleep. So Peter Drucker famously said, what gets measured gets managed. And for me, I find that measuring or tracking my sleep keeps sleep even more front of mind for me because I'm getting feedback through the way of data every single morning on my sleep. So I track my sleep using the Aura Ring. That's O-U-R-A. And this is one of my favorite uh, devices or pieces of technology that I own. So I'll link to it in the show notes. And I love this device so much. Um, I don't have shares in it or anything like that. I just love it. So with the Aura Ring, I simply wear it on my thing, uh, on my on my finger. It is a ring. And it takes a whole bunch of measurements, like literally several times a second, such as body temperature, respiratory rate, heart rate, and various biological markers that indicate whether you're in a certain stage of sleep or whether you are indeed asleep. And it's also got an accelerometer so you can see how much you're moving around. So it can, much more accurately than most sleep trackers, track when you're asleep and also track what stage of sleep you're in, whether you're in deep sleep or REM sleep, which is dream sleep, or in a lighter stage of sleep. So from what I can gather, it seems to be the sleep tracker that most world health experts um, that I trust wear. So short of being in a lab and being hooked up to a whole bunch of wires, this is what I've heard to be and found to be personally the best and most accurate way of tracking your sleep. And so if you track your sleep, you will become aware of what you are actually doing in hopefully the eight hours that you are in bed. So I would recommend that highly recommend the aura. As I said, I don't have shares in it or anything. I wish I did. I just love it. I'm a huge fan. So the third and final tip I have, which is kind of counterintuitive. And look, it's the the piece of advice that I remember most acutely from those days spent in sleep labs. So if you are an insomniac and have trouble getting to sleep or maybe have trouble staying asleep, you probably intuitively think that spending more time in bed is a good thing. Like the longer you're in bed, the greater the chance of getting at least some sleep. And that's the way I used to think. I used to spend up to 10 hours in bed every night, even though I'd only be asleep for maybe six or maybe seven hours. Crazy, I know. So rather than spend more time in bed, which is basically training your brain to think about bed as a place where you may or may not be asleep. Instead, you need to limit the time that you spend in bed. So if, like most people, you need about eight hours a night, you might actually start by limiting your time in bed to only seven hours or six and a half hours. So what will happen if you're limiting this time and making maybe making your bedtime a little bit later? You will feel so exhausted by the time you're actually allowed to go to bed, as I did when I did this in my own life, you're basically training your brain to associate bedtime with sleep time. And because you will have built up so much adenosine, which is um, what basically gradually builds up inside of us, uh, it's kind of like a hormone, um, that the longer we go without sleep, the bigger the buildup is, you will start to fall asleep more quickly and stay asleep. 
So after you've found that you're sleeping through the night or you're getting to sleep more easily, you can slowly extend the time that you spend in bed um, until you're in bed for eight hours. So that's something that I did quite a while ago when I had the insomnia and it worked incredibly well. It basically retrained my brain how to get sleep, stay asleep and have a good quality of sleep. So this is kind of counterintuitive, but it's what every single sleep expert has recommended to me. So that is it for sleep. As I mentioned when I started, it is a topic I'm obsessed about, obsessed by, and I'll definitely focus more on sleep in some upcoming episodes and interviews. So that is it for today's show. If there are topics that you would like me to cover or guests that you would like to see on this show, I would love to get your feedback. Please drop me an email. I'm at amantha at inventium.com.au. I always leave my email in the show notes. I love hearing suggestions and I love knowing what topics are on your mind around the way that you can have a better, more productive, more fulfilling work life. So thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time.